A quick disclaimer. Thank you for your patience and understanding. Please know that we believe in professionalism and we do our best to avoid distracting occurrences, but we are human. And from time to time, accidents may occur. Again, thank you for understanding and rocking with us as we explore this new virtual world together. Please note that we bring various guests to speak on specific topics due to our beautiful, diverse community and audience. We are not responsible for the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by our podcast guest. Enjoy the episode. I'm your host and life coach, Zen. And I'm your co-host and motivational speaker slash mentor, Kai. Welcome to Life Herbs Podcast, an empowering podcast where we hydrate your soul and we fortify your spirit. Wait a minute, Zen, wait a minute. We also intensify and renew your mindset. So let's get to it, how we get to it. That's right, that's right. Today, you all... We have the woman who has inspired me to become a life coach. Michelle Chalfant is here. I am so <laughs> excited to have her. Just to tell you a little bit about Michelle. Michelle is a therapist, holistic life coach, author, podcaster, motivational speaker, and developer of the adult chair model that has truly changed my entire life. Michelle has got me through some very, very difficult times. And honestly, you all, if it wasn't for Michelle, I would not be here doing this podcast and I wouldn't be a life coach today, honestly. Um, the adult chair is a transformational model of self-realization that helps people across the globe discover who they are, knowing themselves, right? Because how to get unstuck and improve their relationships and develop self-love. With over 3.5 million downloads <laughs> of her podcast. Michelle hosts the Adult Chair Podcast, where simple psychology meets grounded spirituality and where she gives people the tools and techniques needed to find their power and transform their lives. She truly is activational and transformational, you all, with over 25 years of experience in all areas of self-healing. You can learn more about Michelle and her model by, visit, by visiting theadultchair.com. Michelle Shelfont, welcome to Life First Podcast. Please tell us more about your amazing self. I just love you guys. First of all, Zen, like I'm listening to you. And do you did you see me? Like my cheeks hurt because like I can't stop smiling. <laughs> Thank you both for having me on the show. I, I'm really, I like I was saying to you before, just honored, truly honored to be here. I think what you guys are doing is amazing and the world needs you, both of you and your message. Like it's beautiful. So um, my cheeks hurt from smiling, son. <laughs> 
I can't stop, Monica. So tell us more about yourself and tell us more about the adult chair model yeah. that truly transformed so many people's lives. Yeah. So um, I'll just give you like a little bit about my own story, if that's okay with you, and then how the adult chair kind of came to be. But um, I grew up in, um, in upstate New York and, um, you know, dysfunctional family, you know, a lot of drinking. I became very codependent. Um, adult child of alcoholic was my tagline, as well as codependency, anxiety, depression. I had suicidal thoughts quite a bit in my teen years and even in my 20s. Um, but, and I had such negative thinking, like a lot of ruminating thoughts that were so negative all the time. And I had this idea that maybe if I could figure out how to love myself, because I deducted like, well, I clearly do not love who I am. Like the way I talk to myself, I must hate myself. So if I can figure out how to love who I am, then maybe all the negative thinking will go away. So I literally was like a trailblazer. I just blazed down my path. I had this internal desire to learn how to not just heal myself, but I said, and I've got to figure this out for the rest of the world because I know I'm not the only one. And I became a therapist. Um, and then I, of course, like almost 20 years later, also became a life coach. But along the way, I read every book I could get my hands on from traditional psychology books to spirituality books. I was always very drawn to spirituality and the whole play of energy and, you know, what used to be way back when sort of non-traditional, which is very traditional now, you know, meditation, everyone knows what meditation right. is, you know. Um, but along the way, you know, I was realizing I was getting a little better, a little better, a little better. Um, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to summarize like 25 years. I was getting better. I was of course feeling better over the years. Um, but I just kept saying, you know, I need to, and I was teaching my clients everything that I was learning. And along the way, I had so many beautiful mentors and there was a mentor that I had and we were doing chair work in one of her workshops and just working with the three chairs. Actually, she had a lot more chairs, but I like the idea of working with chairs. It's gestalt therapy. It's very experiential, which I love. Yeah. And it made sense to me. I'm like, you know what? That was the moment like about 10 years ago when it hit me, like we're all looking for how to be healthy adults. Yes. You know, we don't know how to do that well. Yes. If we don't have really healthy parents or caregivers or whoever raises us, then how in the world are we supposed to show up in the world as adults and be healthy and have healthy relationships, whether it be at work or in any kind of relationship. So that's when really this whole adult chair kind of began. It was through one of my mentors and I kind of took everything I learned from her and then took my 25 years of learning and just packed it all on top. And what do you know, I created this model. I said, I really wanna develop this. It was always for my clients. Like I really wanna develop something for my clients that they can plug any issue in into, whether it be anxiety, depression, codependency, feeling stuck, feeling like I'm a people pleaser, uh, an addiction, whatever it is, there's gotta be a way we can plug in anything into this model. Yes. So that's what happened. And over the years, you know, I just became healthier and healthier and healthier and I felt less damaged. And yeah. I realized, gosh, you know what? It's my thinking that was so off. Um, and then when I learned how to be a healthy adult and I had like a touchstone, if you will, to go to, it just became so much simpler. I'm like, oh, wait, I'm showing up like this with my, with my friends, with my mom, with my dad, with my grandmother, with my whomever, with my husband. 
And a healthy adult would do this. And that's what the adult chair model is. So the adult chair model is, is a manual for life. It's broken our lives down into three distinctive phases. So every human being goes through this. We are children, which is the age of zero to six. We are adolescents, which is, I go from six to 25. So that's pre-adolescence, adolescence, post-adolescence. And then we become adults somewhere in the 20-year-old in the range. But again, if we didn't have healthy modeling while we're growing up, you know, when we're 25, we might not have the healthiest relationships and we're not so healthy. So what happens is we're physical adults, like physically I might be 25 or 30 or 50 or 60, but on the inside, I'm still stuck in pre-adolescence. So true. So I have this thinking of, let me give you an example. While we're children, zero to six, we learn all about true emotions. Every human being has emotions. And we learn all about our emotions. Now, if we had parents, though, that said, you're fine, don't feel that. Right. You're not allowed to feel anger. Right. Why are you crying? You're a crybaby. We take all those emotions and we shove them in, inside. We numb out, right? Right. That's a big issue then when we're adults. We also learn about true needs. I need a hug. I need you to tell me that I'm lovable. Can you just tell me that I'm okay? If we didn't get that, again, it creates internal issues. So in the child chair... This is the first phase. We learn about true emotions, true needs, spontaneity, fun. I mean, kids have fun, right? right. So when an adult comes to me and says, why don't I have fun? My go-to is like, your inner child needs work. We got to go find that little girl inside of you, that little boy. We got to figure out how to what's going on there because they're numbed out. Um, but we learn about fun, creativity, intimacy, vulnerability, passion. When people come to me and say, I'm having issues with my partner and being vulnerable. Inner child work again, I go, we gotta find that inner child, what's going on? Well, that part's numbed out, right? So that's what the child share is all about. So again, if I'm working with an adult, boom, I know exactly what to do. We gotta work with a child, we gotta work with feeling emotions, we gotta do all this work. Adolescent phase, this is where we learn to put masks over the beautiful, beautiful, precious beings that we all are, that we're all born. We're all born beautiful, precious beings, every single one of us. We get overlaid with masks. I've gotta be the funny guy. I've gotta be the girl that does everything. I'm a perfectionist, I'm a people pleaser. Codependency, the addict, all of these things, the ego creates because my ego and your ego and everyone in the world says, I need to make sure that you're happy. I got to show up to make sure you like me and you accept me into your group, right? Yeah. But it might not be who you are at your core, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, right? So it's probably not because we learn to be who you want me to be. So who your grandmother wanted you to be. I'll show up like that because then I feel love. I'll show up with whoever you want me to be, my boyfriend, my girlfriend. Oh, you want me to be more like that? I can change who I am. So what happens is by the time we're adults, you know, everyone talks about living authentically. You can't live authentically if you're covered up with masks and costumes, right? Yes. So the adult chair gives you that touchstone. It says, okay, this is what a healthy adult looks like. I am living in the moment, which means I don't make up stories and assumptions about what's going on with you, what's going on with me. I live with fact and truth. I live 
with boundaries. So many of us don't even know in the world of boundaries and why we would ever need to set a boundary and they scare us. That tells me we're stuck in the adolescent chair. We learn how to feel empowered. We are strong. We learn how to feel our emotions. We learn how to express our needs. That's what healthy adults do. So if we're not doing that, we got to find our adult chair and learn how to live that way. So that's very condensed, but that kind of summarizes what the adult chair is all about. So any issue, anything going on in your life, you got a relationship issue, plug it into the model and you will find not only relief, but you'll know what to do. Oh, I got to do this. I got to learn how to feel my emotions. Just for an example. Before oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm taking down notes. I'm sorry. I saw you looking down, Kai. I'm like, he's like. Before you were saying too much. I, I just, I couldn't keep it all there that quick. I said, let me write this down. Look, oh, every time I listen to her podcast, I'm like, I have a notebook full. Full. Yeah. Of notes, full of notes. But so, Michelle, the adult chair model is just absolutely amazing. I remember when you had talked on your podcast about not being able to articulate your feelings yep. as an adult. And you were talking about how you had one of your clients sitting, they were in the adult chair. And they were talking about a situation and you asked, how did that make you feel? And they're like, now this may not be the exact verbiage, but yeah. just an example, I wanted to punch a wall. Yes. Okay. But how did they, and you said, but again, how yeah. did that make you feel? Yeah. Describe what is that feeling? Name that feeling. And because they couldn't name their feeling, you said, get up, right? And move to the adolescent chair. Because yeah. you have three chairs, correct? I do. I have three chairs. And again, you can do this work. This is this is what I love about this model is you can just do it on your own. Like you could really listen to the podcast and learn how to. I have a lot of people say this podcast is my therapist. I'm like, okay, yes. good. You, know, you can heal yourself using the podcast a yes. lot because I do. Yes. I, I thank you for saying that. I wanted to break it down so anybody could listen and learn how to apply it. So in your mind, think of three chairs. And in my office, I would have a little, I had a little chair. I was looking for it. I'm not in the right office, but yeah, the little chair. And then I had a different looking chair, which was the adolescent chair. And then I had this really big, beautiful chair with arms on it, right? The adult chair. So yes, I absolutely remember that person. I, I did this all the time. So if someone's not feeling their emotions, they're defending and we defend from the adolescent chair. That's the ego saying, no, no, you're wrong, not me. Or no, no, I got to protect myself. But then what I would do is put them then in their child chair. And what's fascinating is that there's an energy to each chair. And I would sit back and I would just watch my clients. I'd say, okay, go from the adolescent, now move down to the child chair, but take a moment, take a breath, and then sit down. I have people that do this from the privacy of their own home. They set up three kitchen chairs and they do this work and they go, there really is a different energy in that child chair. I'm like all chairs. So when they sit in the child chair, sometimes people just start crying and they're like, I feel something that I haven't felt. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's wild. So if people say, and let me just explain, remind people, I should say, every human being feels emotions. We are wired to feel emotions. You're born like this. What happens is as we grow up, you know, Kai, I don't know about you when you were growing up, 
And who raised you about with emotions? Like, did you hear things like, oh, you're fine. Just be a big boy, you know, stop yeah. crying. Big boys don't cry, right? Yes. I don't know. I'm making that stereotypical yeah. of boys, but yeah. it's true. You know, I remember when my mother-in-law was over and my, I, I have two boys and they were little like toddlers and one of them fell and my mother-in-law does not do emotions, no shame and judgment at all. I'm just, it's a fact. And, and one of them had tripped and, and he fell and his knee was bleeding. Like he was in pain. He was crying. And she says, come on, come on, come on. You're fine. And I said, no, he's not. He's not, he's in pain and it's okay. And I gave him a big hug and I said, come here, baby. You know, let me just give you a hug. But that's what I find people do with little boys. And then with the little girls, they're allowed to cry only so much. Right. Because if you cry outside of that window, then you're a cry baby. Right. So it depends on how comfortable our caregivers are, whoever raised us, how comfortable are they with emotions? Right. And then they project their comfortableness of the emotions on us, right? right? Right. So now we're adults, and really, like, if I just let my my grand my or excuse me, my mother in law, my children's grandmother, like raise my kids, they probably would have a difficult time with emotions. My husband and I are always working on how to how do you feel because he was raised in that household. Again, I don't judge or shame anybody. I'm just. It's a fact. I was raised in an Italian opposite family with wild emotions. Everyone's crying, you know, too much emotion. And then my husband was raised with none. So there's a happy, there's a happy medium. But if you're somebody that doesn't know how to feel, everybody can feel. You just have to learn and you've got to practice and anybody can do this. So what I invite people to do is, hey, so if something happens and then you just say to yourself, gosh, you know, how does that make me feel? feel physically. Because when I ask people, hey, how does that make you feel emotionally? What I find is people immediately go to their ego defense or their what I call the adolescent chair, and they try so hard. I don't know. Oh my God, they, they don't want to get it wrong, right? I, I don't want to get it wrong. Let me get this right. I'm feeling, um, um, I'm like, don't worry about it. Don't give me a name. I don't care about the label of what the emotion you're feeling. Can you tell me in your body where you feel that? And that's easy. And then people go, I feel a little knot in my stomach, the slightest knot. I'm like, there you go. Can you sit with that knot? I don't even care about the word. And what happens is they start feeling emotions. They're, it's an energy that we're all feeling. And then they're getting in touch with their bodies. And all of a sudden they go, yeah, I think it might be sadness. And there might be tears. There might not be tears. It doesn't matter. But the, that's their homework then. I'm like, just keep practicing tuning into the body. You don't need to label anything. So that's how we begin feeling our emotions. It is so powerful. And that's at the root for healing anxiety, healing depression, healing mm -hmm. codependency, healing mm -hmm. people pleasing, all of it. If we could stay connected to what we're feeling emotionally, it, it's a game changer. It is a that is the core of all my work is inner child work. Like, can I can I share something with your listeners? Yes. I have a free download. It's just the adultchair.com forward slash inner child. Two, I don't know if you if you've done this then, but two inner child meditations that guide you on how to connect with this inner child with with journaling prompts that will take you there. So when people go, I can't do it, I can't do it, I'm like, I've walked you through. It's free, hundred percent free. Yeah. So that's 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 emotions, and we all need emotions. We all need to feel emotions. If we're not feeling our emotions, this is my opinion. It leads to addiction because yeah. you know what.
if I'm not feeling my emotions, then I've, or excuse me, let me say that in another way. If I'm uncomfortable with what's coming up for me, Mm -hmm. I'm going to reach for something to numb myself out. Exactly. So we reach for Netflix. We're going to binge out on Netflix. I'm going to reach for some chocolate ice cream. I'm going to reach for cake. I'm going to reach for a bottle of wine. I'm going to reach for some weed. I'm going to reach for whatever, because I got to find a way. This is all from the adolescent chair, mind you. This is not from our adult. The adolescent chair, when we're living in that chair, we have an average emotional age of a 12-year-old. So think of yourself in middle school. So if I were to say to you, Kai, you know, hey, um, I, you know, you feel really bad. If I'm your friend and I'm in middle school, I might say, well, just have a beer. I mean, you know how numbed out we feel. <laughs> you know, it's like right. Right. those are the ideas. Right. That's that, how that, we got yeah. solution to the to the yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Think about a kid that's in middle school. They don't know what the heck to do with emotions. But that's where we're getting our information from when we're having emotions coming up that we just don't know what to do with. That's so true. And I have, I've done your, um, the 30 day journaling Mm -hmm. that you do. And it's absolutely amazing. You all, and Mm. I encourage you to go to her website and do it because it's not what you think. You're like, okay, journaling, I can do that myself. No. Yeah, the whole entire experience, and then even joining your Facebook community where everybody is sharing their experiences yeah. is so eye-opening and so and so transformative. Yeah. Now, what questions do you have for Michelle? <laughs> Get out your notebook, Kai. <laughs> yeah, um, I saw you writing some things down over there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, for, for, my, my my first biggest question is the three chairs. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that come about? So, Why, you know, yeah. like it could have been four, it could have been two, right? But it, yeah. it makes so much sense when you when you broke it down and you yes. just went through it and then it's like, man, I got three chairs in my house. I'm going to, <laughs> you yeah, know. you're going to go home and you're going to set those right, things up. Right. Yeah. So I had been doing a lot of inner child work over the course of most of my career because I love the idea, again, of the inner child. But it was with one of my teachers that I had about 10 years ago. And I was in a a workshop with her or like a a, a course. And part of the course, we were doing chair work. A lot of therapists use chair work. It's it's part of what we call experiential uh, work or gestalt therapy, empty chair work. I don't know if you've heard of that. But anyway, she had many, many chairs, but she uh, it did include these three chairs. And I remember watching her, you know, so we had a group of 10 of us and we'd go up and we'd work these chairs. And I'm like, I'm telling you, there was one day I sat on the couch and I was watching someone do that work. And it was like, I can still tell you where I was sitting and the feeling I had, it was like lightning came down through me. And I thought, and that was when I said, I got to do something with these three chairs that I'm learning about right now. I like these three chairs. I had done child chair. I had done all, but I like the way that this teacher had put it together. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said to her after I go, I really want to take this, these three chairs and everything I've learned. And I'm going to create something from this. And I said, I'm going to create a model because th- these three chairs are powerful. And I always did experiential work with my clients. You know, I used a lot of blankets and fabrics. And, you know, I had all kinds of toys and dolls and everything in my office and I had chairs, but I would use do inner child work and things like that. But I liked these three. 
And she's like, yeah, go for it, take it and run. And that's exactly what I did. So I just kept developing this and I wanted to make something um, really user-friendly for my clients. That's where this all came from, honestly. I thought, well, I need a resource for my clients. This right. was, you know, eight years ago. And, and it uh, just keeps growing and, and I keep adding to it and changing it and yeah. One of the most powerful things you said, and it, and, and it stuck with me, and that's why I had to grab my, my pad. <laughs> um, you know, um, being being who people want you to be, yeah, and, and not being who you want to be, right? And yeah. that was something that I had struggled for a long time, a long yeah. time. Like the stuff I wanted to do, I didn't mm -hmm. because it wasn't considered cool, or it wasn't. Or, or maybe it was cool, but I didn't think it was cool to me. Yeah. Right. So I didn't do it, and now I feel like I'm I'm in my space now where um, I'm 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 just I'm just doing what I like to do, and yeah. I don't know what people say, right? But it took a lot to get to that point. Yeah. That was that was the biggest anchor that was holding me down all my life. You know, makes so much sense. Absolutely, yes. So, yeah, it's hard. Isn't it hard to crack? I call it cracking the mask. It's like, dang, you want me to be putting myself out there? <laughs> like, just as this? Yes. But that's terrifying. Right. And it sounds so simple, right? Oh, yeah. Like, crack yeah. the mask. That's so simple. Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. Like you said, in, in reality, it's really difficult to do. Michelle, I got to ask you what we ask every guest that comes on. Yes. I'm, and I'm, I'm ready to hear this one. Right, look, he got his pen ready. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what is a life verb, Michelle, that you live by? A life verb is a trademark phrase that I created, and it's your life philosophy that is obtained through your personal life experiences. Think of it as the hook to the theme song of your life. A life verb also means living in action so much i have been waiting <laughs> waiting yes. what is the life for michelle that you live by well it goes along with what kai just said honestly mm -hmm. my life verb i'm gonna have to say is to be brave and be yourself yes it really is about you know what i'm gonna say this and i know it's not what other people are going to like but this is just who i am and it's like closing your eyes and taking that jump and saying i'm just going to do it because the more you do this the freer you feel in your life mm. truly it's freedom and you know i stand in my adult chair workshops and I tell people my story and that's the first thing we start out with i start out and i go let me tell you how i got here and I talk about depression and suicide and all these things and people, their jaw is like on the ground. I'm like, yeah, they're like, I can't, you know, and I have people that come up on break. They're like, I can't believe that you shared all that. I'm like, why? I don't care. Like, it's just who I am. It's part of my life. It's part of my story. I, when I was in high school, I had a, my dad's twin brother was a rager. And guess what I learned how to do? Rage. So I talked to him, I talk about that. I'm like, oh, I loved it. I picked fights. It was like an adrenaline rush. Like I was all about that. Like, and they go, you, that was you. And I said, yeah, but it's not who I am today, but it's part of what got me here. And that's part of my story. It is such freedom. Nobody can say anything to me now that it doesn't hurt anymore. 
and it's not to say you have to put your life out on Facebook or put it on. And so you've got to know who you are and right. live by that. Right. Just like you were saying, Kai, you know, it's like, it's like breaking that mask and not being someone that you are not. Yes. Yes. You've got to be yourself. Everyone on the planet has a unique personality mm -hmm. and their mission is unique to the whole planet. You got to own that. You've yes. got to own who you are. And we got to stop comparing ourselves to anyone and just get out there and do your thing, sure. whatever it might be. We will be back with Michelle Shelfont after this brief message. So stay tuned and don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Did you know that one of the biggest benefits of podcast ads is that listeners actually enjoy them? Yeah, you didn't hear me wrong. On business.com, I learned that 67% of podcast listeners enjoy hearing ads compared to the 6% that enjoy hearing ads on TV or on the radio. So therefore, podcast ads are one of the most effective ways to get more exposure on your brand, to build your clientele, to build your customer base, and even more importantly, to create that strong loyalty within that base. That's why I am so proud to announce that Lightburst Podcast is now offering commercial ads. That's right. We want to advertise your business. And I would love to send you more information. So if you're interested, email me at contactlifeverbs with an S at gmail.com. Again, that's contactlifeverbs with an S at gmail.com. And when you send the email, be sure to put in the subject, interested in advertisements. And I look forward to connecting with you. Blessings in abundance.
what you're saying is so powerful and the the, the sad thing about it is, is that um you know when i was when i was growing up platforms like this didn't exist yeah right? yes i know so <laughs> it makes it, it you know, back then all you could relate to or gravitate to was the things around you yeah like, and like you said <laughs> people keep feeding you uh you know you know dumb down your emotions and, and things like that totally. you really start to it and it's embedded in you mm-hmm. so much right so now that we have all these different platforms and we have different things that that people can actually talk and, and things like a lot of kids a lot of youth a lot of grown men need this yeah. you know so um wow this 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 is awesome like yeah zen, zen talks so highly of you I felt like I had already known you before we actually got on here because I mean, really, everything that she said, she's already said this to me a numerous amount of times. About the life coach and, and everything. She's like, You gotta meet this lady, and I'm so happy she's getting on. I'm like, okay. I actually, I actually um we just did a a a big interview with Philly's favor 100.7. Mm-hmm. And Michelle, I gave you a shout out. You oh, did. you're so sweet. Because <laughs> I was saying how I was like, I call myself the relatable life coach because I was like, my favorite life coach who has just influenced me so much, Michelle Chalfant. She says, you know, she goes through all her certifications right at the beginning of each podcast and ex- describe who you are. But then yeah. you say, but I'm human. Yeah. Just like you. Like I'm human. Totally. I don't have it all together either. I'm human nope. just like you. Yeah. So true. I just posted that on Instagram the other day. I just did a, um, an IGTV around what did I call it? The codependency funk. I had fallen in my codependency funk. Now, do I live with codependency every day anymore? No. You know, I've come so far with it. But, and people were commenting and they said, I can't believe you just put out here, you know, that you, at, you still have days of codependency. I'm like, I'm human. Yes. Right. I still have days where I don't feel like a hundred percent. It's being right. human. Right. What we're do you robot. do? Huh? What do you do? Oh, go ahead, Kai. No, I'm just saying, no, we're not robots. Like people think that we just. Right. Want to... No. And you know, when people think if you're some sort of public figure that you've got it all together, you know, and you're perfect and you never have issues. I just did a podcast with my husband to your point, Ty, Kai, when we we're yes. talking about Men with, I think that was podcast 250 or 251. Yeah. Because our my I almost got a divorce like a year ago, a year and a half ago, two years ago, somewhere in there. Like it's it was going on for a while because I just reached this point where I was like, I'm done here. And my husband, and he turned it around because he learned how to feel his emotions. Wow. And then he talks all about it on that show, how he as a man, you know, again, remember he was raised in a household. They didn't do emotions. And he started feeling his emotions. He became more relatable and relational with me. You know, I've always done my work and it was like overdue for him to do his. And he finally did it. And it transformed us. Again, will I stay married forever? I don't know, but it's good for right now. Yeah. So I, I really do take each day as it comes. So, um, yeah. Anyway. And that's okay. That's it's okay. totally okay. Like, I feel like so much. I love how that, how you, 
how you admitted that and how you accept that because that is a hard yeah. thing for a lot of people to accept because they want to see forever they're so fixated well, and focused on forever that they're not nothing. being mindful in the present moment and being no. okay with the no. fact that things can change and 100%. it's okay because that means that you're evolving I, I really believe that not all relationships are, are meant to be forever. And I don't mean just a partnership. I mean, friendships, work relationship. I mean, we, if I keep growing and be, I, every time I work on myself, I become someone a little different. So maybe then my friends from high school, they're not the best match for me anymore, you know, and it's, and it's okay. That's the thing. We don't need to get in the adolescent chair and judge and say, I wonder why they don't want to talk to me anymore. I wonder why, why am I not feeling them anymore with it? It's like, let it go. You don't need to create a story or assumption. It's just like, they're just not a match. It's okay. And we move on with grace and love and respect done. It doesn't have to be a big damn drama. Wow. <laughs> you know, you don't even know what you just said just now. Oh, they know. <laughs> they know. But wow. Wow. If you keep working on yourself, then you are not going to be a match for everyone. If you keep working on yourself in one year, you won't be a match for all the same people that are in your life right now. I'll tell you that right now. Ooh. You're not. And it, by the way, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And that you don't need to make a story up about it. That's the big thing. We go into this adolescent chair and we start going, I wonder why they don't like me anymore. And da, 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 da. they're just not a match. You know, the people that I hung out with in my 20s and 30s, I was a big partier. I don't drink anymore. I might, I might have one drink a year, if that. I really just don't drink. So it's kind of, this is an extreme example, but so I don't really hang around people that drink a ton anymore. It's just not me. It's not who I am anymore. I don't judge those people. I don't blame anybody. I don't think I'm better than anybody. It just is. Yeah. You know, people yeah. that, that make fun of meditation or self-help wouldn't be a match for me. And that's okay. It's just okay. It, it doesn't mean we're better or worse than anybody. That's where we go into story with the ego. The ego's got to figure out why. No, we don't. It just is. Mm. Yeah, it just is. You got to honor what's going on in that present moment. And not, we also get, we get so attached to outcomes and how we think things should be. We got to stop that. it. Yeah. We got to stop it. It only hurts us. Mm. That's the truth. That's the truth. Michelle, how for the people who are listening, for our listeners, yeah. woman, what are some steps that they can take in moving out of that codependency? Like you said, sometimes you even find yourself and everybody does. I do too. I'm sure Kai does. This is a common thing. But yeah, in that moment, what can we do? When we're feeling codependent? Yeah, so that we're not leaning more into it, that we're backing, yeah. backing out of that. Like, can I just explain my definition of codependency? Yes, please. My definition of codependency is, again, very simple. Everything I do is simple. Um, it's instead of having an inward focus and staying connected to the self, it's an outward focus of other. Mm. So in other words, this is how I break it down really easily. Again, I'm okay only if you're okay. Yes. Okay. So if Kai and I are dating and he's going down the drain and he's ticked at me or he's mad about anything in the world, it might have nothing to do with me. Then I'm anxious inside because he's not okay. 
That's codependency. I have an outward focus of self. It means I was raised in a family that, again, nobody focused on me. There was not a lot of validation. I didn't know. I was not allowed to. It goes back to this. was not allowed to feel my emotions. So I learned maybe I had an alcoholic person that was raising me. Um, it could have been a, a ton of things. Maybe my parent um, enmeshed with me. They leaned too heavily on me and treated me like an adult when I was just a child. But um, I need to learn, if I'm codependent, how to focus on me. So the first thing that I teach when I'm teaching um, or I'm working with someone that's codependent is, again, you got to get in touch with your emotions. What are you feeling? So when I want to go and take care of Kai, who's my boyfriend, because he's not feeling well, the healing is to sit in my emotions around Kai being anxious or angry. I got to sit with what's going on with me. That's how we start to heal our codependency. I'm not, you know, co codependency, in my opinion, is an addiction. Mm -hmm. So the withdrawal is not taking action when my boyfriend is having a bad day. The withdrawal is me sitting here having such feelings coming through my body and not acting on them. So that's number one. We really got to get in touch with what I'm feeling. And the more I'm okay with my own emotions coming up through me, I can, that's the healing that starts to happen. Number two, it's very important to have somebody that can give you a reality check of if you're being codependent or caring. So, because as codependents, we think everything we're doing is very caring and loving and it's not, we are losing ourselves. It, let me say this in another way. If I'm losing myself by caretaking another, that's the sign of codependency. But I don't even know that I'm doing it. It's an unconscious program that was set up probably in childhood. So I need someone, I need to be able to call Zen and say, hey girl, am I being codependent or caring with Kai? Because I feel like I need to call him three times or I need to do this. And then you'll be like, yeah, that's a little codependent. Okay, thank you. Like we need a reality check because our reality is skewed. We don't understand that it's not being caring. Um, it's really being codependent. So that's another thing that we need. You can join a codependency group. You can get a life coach like Zen. You can get therapist oh, you, can, you can do anything but you need uh, get a great friend that you can call and say i need to understand am i being with my children codependency or caring so yeah. those are the two really big things that we need with codependency mm. well i feel i feel i feel like uh <laughs> like i'm in class like i haven't taken this amount of notes since, I, since I've gotten on one of my other businesses up my Zoom call, like this is this is amazing. Ah, I'm so glad. Thank you. Yes, yes. So glad. My last question, and then I'll have Kai ask his last question, is, um, can you please go over on your Instagram page? You made a video, and you were talking about how PTSD and parts work go hand in hand when we are recovering from a traumatic event. This was mm -hmm. super eye-opening. Will you please share that with our listeners today? Yeah. So a big part of the adult chair model is that we are not just one person. We are made up of hundreds of different parts that make up this one person, this whole self. So again, if you think about taking a picture of me and cracking it into, let's say, 500 pieces, 
One of my puzzle pieces is codependency. One of them is joy. One of them is I, I love to teach. You know, it's like all of these different parts of self make up the whole self and who we are. So when we have trauma, what happens is we're going through life and something happens. Now we have trauma that's the, we call it big T traumas, which would be like a car accident, my house burned down, extremely traumatic. We also have small T traumas, which are things like, again, I might not have gotten emotional validation when I was growing up for most of my life. Those are like little trauma. I was told by my mother, my mother wasn't comfortable with emotion. So then as I'm a child and I'm going through life, every single time I'd have an emotion, my mother would run and lock herself in her bedroom because she wouldn't know what to do. Something like that. So this thing, kind of thing also creates trauma, but small t traumas. So what we want to do with the adult chair model is we get in touch with the part of us that needs attention to unfreeze the trauma. Because when we are traumatized, part of us is frozen in time. So if my mother again screamed at me or my father screamed at me because and called me a crybaby, a part of me might be stuck in time. So when we, it sounds crazy. I know this sounds like, it's a, like, what are you talking about? We're stuck in time. There is no time in the brain. The brain doesn't understand. Is it happening now or did it happen 25 years ago? It's all at the same time. So we can go back and I'll say to a client, let's just say, okay, so tell me the first time that you remember that your father yelled at you when you were crying. And, you know, most clients will say, oh God, I totally remember that. You know, we're at the dinner table and I was really upset because I had failed my, my math test. And my dad said, get up, get, get up from the table and go da da da. And I'll say, and then I'll say, okay, so pause, you know, how do you feel right now? My chest is tight. I feel like crying. Okay, great. Can you pop that part out? And let's have a conversation with that part. Quite often, it's an inner child part. Mm. So what we need to do is we re-educate that part of us that's stuck in the trauma. So, and I do this work even with people that have had, um, <clears throat> excuse me, like a car accident. Part of them is stuck. And they, this sounds crazy. They don't, because with a trauma, we're stuck in time. They don't yeah. know that they survived the car accident. Mm -hmm. So we've got to go back and say, hey, can you go talk to that part of you and let it know that you survived? I, I, I wish, I, I can't even tell you over the years, so many clients are like, that part had no idea. They think I'm still at the car accident. I'm like, I know. Or, oh my gosh, my child who's five years old at the dinner table with my dad said, we made it. And I'll say, let them know that you're now 40 years old yes, and you survived and you made it out of that household. Can you let your five-year-old know you made it and you're okay? And you go and you talk to that one part and that part goes, wow, I had no idea. And then that part integrates back into the whole self. It's not frozen. And it sounds so simple and it really is. Now, does this mean that with every kind of trauma, this works in this way? No, sometimes it takes more than one session, but I do parts work with clients that have trauma and it's beautiful work hmm. it, and it works quickly um, as well as some other things. Sometimes I incorporate some energy medicine, you know, crisscrossing your arms, the crisscross the right and left hemisphere for the brain, but parts work is sometimes all you need. Most of the time, all you need. It's really powerful work. It reminds me of, there's a book that I'm reading right now. Um, and it's called the Inner Bonding Workbook. 
Yeah, with Margaret Paul. Yes. I love her. Yes, I love, love her. her. Yes. She <laughs> does great work. Great work. Yes. And it just reminds me of when she's talking about the wounded self. Yes. Because that stems from the limited beliefs of you being, you know, a child, right? Yes. It's yes. being adolescent and how those limiting beliefs, then they protected us, right, as kids. But now as adults, they no longer serve, it, serve us and it really messes with our frequency. Oh, for sure. Hmm. Yeah. You know, we have these pro programs, if you will, quote unquote, in air quotes, programs. But it's what we learned growing up. And sometimes our parents don't say to us, okay you're going to have an issue with, you know, fill in the blank, but we're learning how not to be like, again, not safe to feel emotions, not safe to speak up for myself, not safe to be myself because right. I just got yelled at or my brother beat me up when I told him that I wanted to be a, an artist or whatever. So I shouldn't. And then what happens is the ego goes, this isn't safe. Don't ever do that again. Don't ever tell anybody who you really want to be. So boom, that program is formed, the mask overlay is formed, and we become someone else. So yeah. So going back and getting in touch with that part that's frozen can yeah. help unlock and reprogram these limiting programs that, that were formed in childhood. It's just like updating like your phone or your laptop. You know, you know how you have to do the updates on it. Yeah. Humans need updates. Okay. <laughs> and here, okay. Here's a crazy fact. You may know this, you guys. Um, our programs are formed in the child chair from the age of zero to six. So our adult, you guys, I don't care how old we are, we're showing up as adults living off of a roadmap or programs that were formed from age zero to six. Is that insane? Like imagine trying to do, you, where do you guys live? Like in Atlanta? Georgia? I live in Atlanta and Kai's in the DMV. He's in DC, Maryland. Okay. So imagine driving around with a roadmap from, you know, 20 years ago. It'd be like, wait, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. This road's not here. This mall wasn't here. This store, what, you know, but that's how we navigate as adults with these totally outdated roadmaps that were from when we were zero to six, which is insane. Everything that happens from age zero to six gets dropped into the subconscious slash unconscious mind. And that's how we navigate our lives every single day. That's why we need to live in our adult chair, which is the seat of consciousness. So when we're conscious, we say, wow, I can't believe I just said that to so-and-so. What the heck is that all about? Yeah. That's not right. And we can start then consciously reprogramming too. So yes, Michelle, I love it. I was, I was gonna ask you a question, but you but you already kind of answered it. Um, <laughs> it was it was on one of on one of your Instagram um posts you put uh, being being uh, when we're stuck, we're stuck because we're not creating. Right. Mm -hmm. and yeah, you kind of answered that because um when we are stuck, it's like why are we stuck? And that's because we're not. You know, we're not letting out imagination or we're not thinking. Right. Like exactly. Exactly. No, no exactly. I, I, um, I've already started following you. I should have been following you before. Facts. <laughs> I probably look like a stalker right now because I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, 
definitely going to check out the uh, the adult chair. Um, this was phenomenal. I got I got some good notes, and I'm definitely going to refer back to them. So this oh, was awesome. Yeah, this, Thank this, you. This, I'm so this, glad this. you guys. Thank you. Of course, Michelle, and hang tight because after we end, we want to chat with you for a moment. But please tell our listeners and our community where they can find you because I know they're just dying. And <laughs> Well, you just go to the adultchair.com. Honestly, everything is there. True. Um, we've got, I've got all kinds of free stuff. Um, another, I wanted to share with your audience too. I've got a free 14 days to peace and balance. So it's just at the adultchair.com forward slash 14 days. So it's one, four days. So they're journaling prompts and you know, my journaling prompts then. Yes. I take people on a deep dive into the self and they're all free. They're, they're free. And you get 14 of these journaling prompts, but it really helps you to take, go below the surface into yourself and really learn more about yourself. But on the website, I've got a whole bunch of great meditations. Um, like I said, the inner child download the adultchair.com forward slash inner child. That's another place they can go. But if you just go to the adultchair.com, everything is there. And of course, I've got Instagram, which is michelle.shelfont, and I've got Facebook. Oh, you know what else? We have um, the Adult Chair Facebook group. It's a closed group. Mm. Um, we've got a membership group that takes people really on a deep dive every month. I do a live stream. Everything's recorded, but I have a meditation. Every, everything's about a monthly theme. What are we doing this month? Uh, I believe. So it's all about believing in self and really believing in who you are. May is all about finding your power and stepping into power. So, um, the TAC tribe, we got the TAC tribe. Yep, that's the TAC tribe. And then we've got a certification program, the adult chair coaching certification. And our next adult chair workshop is in on the beaches of Charleston, South Carolina in September. Yeah, so, so much. So, you all we got a lot going on, a lot going on. Be sure to check it out because, trust me. It will change your life. Michelle, Aww. again, thank you so much. And Michelle Chalfant's information is also located below in the description box. Also make sure to subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already and follow us on Instagram so that you can watch us live and interact and engage with us live. We go live three times a week. <laughs> So oh my gosh. Sure that you come live with us. <laughs> Michelle actually dropped in on one of them. So, so <laughs> exciting about that. So excited about that. And our information is also located in the description box. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then if you're interested in advertising your business or gaining um, some exposure or becoming a, a sponsor here, contact Zen at her social media or even best email her at contact life verbs with an S at gmail.com. Yes, and always remember to keep your soul hydrated and your spirit fortified. And as we close out, just remember that we're two Libras with two different views, <laughs> but we're on the same way. <laughs> and we're out. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Thank so you guys. Hang tight. <laughs>